0: Hey there! This is a special bonus podcast featuring an interview with Dimity by Nicole DeBoom, the founder of Skirt Sports and the host of the Run This World podcast. The duo talks about triathlon, training, gear, and more. We have way too many things to worry about in our busy lives. Our clothing should not be one of them. Meet Skirt Sports, athletic gear you don't need to think about. This is the brand that created the first running skirt in 2004. Dimity even wore an early skirt sports running dress in the Nike Women's Marathon in 2007 after our online community voted on that outfit for her, and it rocked. Skirt sports products are made for women like us. Every stitch, seam, and styles are crafted with women's bodies in mind. Get 15% off at skirtsports.com using code Tlamskirt. It's good through June 21. Again, use the code tlam S-K-I-R-T, at skirtsports.com to get 15% off your order.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm sitting here facing the Dimity McDowell, but we're not actually face-to-face, which sucks because we live less than an hour from each other, but it just goes to prove how busy we really are. So I'm Nicole DeBoom. I'm the founder of Skirt Sports, and my podcast is called Run This World with Nicole DeBoom. And I am sitting here, as I mentioned, across from Dimity McDowell, who is another mother runner. Exactly.
2: Hi, Nicole. Yes, we are. It is. We tried to get together for a hike or a lunch or a yoga class plus a podcast. And um, I will totally take the the hit on this one. I had to just say I can't do it. It's because it's an all day thing, right? And um, unfortunately, especially towards the end of the school year, having a full day is tough.
1: You know, I have to say it made me feel very unspecial. (laughs) I'm oh, no. <laughs> just kidding because
2: you know what I just had to add to the guilt right exactly. I know I'm like how am I gonna say this nicely can I take a rain check well you should feel special because I came up to Boulder with um yes. our director of marketing and another mother runner Katie Snayvice um we came up for your launch of your skirt sports bathing s- swimsuit collection oh my god I can't believe I just or said bathing suits you know if you're old and you live in <laughs> Europe
1: <laughs> um, you know what though? You're just getting me back because I introduced you that night with the worst introduction I've ever given because it was a story about myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So we're all even. And I'm sorry for saying bathing suit. That does bring up um like floral kind of bathing cap. You know, um, yeah, with the straps and the yeah the straps and,
1: and yeah exactly like,
2: exactly. Um, but you are you're actually in your swimsuit right now. Your brand new yeah. skirt sport swimsuit um looking stylish. I'm in my uh, clothes that I put on at about 5.40 this morning. was not a swimsuit. Um, so tell me, tell me about it.
1: Oh, about the, sw- the bathing suit
2: collection. <laughs> the bathing suit collection, please. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, yeah. I mean, of course I'm wearing my swimsuit because I made you uh, dress down to your skivvies at our swim launch, which was super cool, and you were such a good sport, as always, best energy ever. And, you know, you just never know when you're going to need to jump into a pool or a lake or
2: an ocean. (laughs) um, It's mid-April in Colorado.
1: But it's really cool because like here, part of why we're talking is like, Hey, it's just time to touch base. Like we've known each other for a really long time. and, And we've both been doing really cool things in the world of women and women empowerment and women's inspiration, but we have to stay motivated and inspired too. Right. Well, that's yeah. And, and sometimes, yeah, the doctor has to take the medicine as well. Right. Totally. Wow. And that goes for our businesses too. So like with skirt sports, you know, part of the evolution is what are you going to do next? Like, yes, the things that you're doing are working and that's super awesome. But at some point you need to evolve and continue to add new things. So we work about two years in advance. And a couple of years ago we were like, you know, I think it's time for us to really get into the swim market, but more on the active swim side, not like the competitive swim side. So uh, we came out with a four piece swim collection this year and it is so
2: awesome. I love it. It is, it is. I will say I have not had a chance to um, test drive it yet. I have not jumped into the chlorine yet with it, um, but I'm excited. I got a tankini and the suit that you have on, um, which is great. and. Once I get my act together um, and get back in the pool, I will um, be sure to, <laughs> to do it once I get, get to some laps. I try to swim once or twice a week, but it's just these past couple of weeks have just been just no go. So well, Maybe we should dig into that a
1: little bit because I think one of the things that, you know, before this interview, we were both like, okay, what do you, what's going on with you? And we both sort of shared what was going on with each of us. And it was sort of one of the things that I think was similar is that we're both women who have grown up as like big time goal setting athlete women yes and that's sort of evolving and changing and so when you say like um i haven't gotten in the pool yet but that's sort of unlike you because you've been training for something for so long so are you in a phase where you're just like not training
2: I mean, yeah, so just to back up a, a tiny bit, um, about two years ago, or it was like two two or three falls ago, I don't even know. I, you know. I've just always been injured with regard to running, or not always, but I am chronically injured with regard to running. And, um, and I finally had a kind of a come to Jesus moment with um, an orthopedic doctor that I really like and trust, and he just said, you know, I just think you need to consider not running anymore. And that was like a, you know, knife to the heart but i also kind of knew it was coming and, and kind of prepared myself for it and um yeah so so i really had to kind of work through it both mentally and physically i mean i went to a psychiatrist or my psychiatrist i have one <laughs> to help me sometimes and uh she was like this is grief Dimity. this is this is a part of your identity as being a runner is grief and you know give yourself that space it is you know like something very important to you has has kind of moved on, passed away. And so so there was that. And then there was also the part about um, just what do I do with myself? Because running is so accessible and so easy and, you know, just run out your door and set some goals and run a half marathon and meet your friends. And it was just all this nice little package that um, provided so much for me, both mentally and physically. So, I have really um, had to recalibrate, which is, um, which is good. And I really do feel like I'm on my next chapter of my athletic career, but it took a while to figure out what, how to write that, right? And so um, I, I have scaled back a ton on running. I run 30 to 40 minutes a week, um, super easy pace on the flat, nice and kind of cushy Highline trail. That is my running regimen and I don't think it will ever get to be more than that i may try to go maybe a little bit farther if i ever go on trails but i don't see myself ever entering a 10k race or a um a half marathon or anything like that ever again it's just not going to happen it's not in the cards okay. um but what what's that i have to dissect this for a minute okay because first of all how old are you i'm 46
1: and i'm 47 okay <laughs> Perimenopause, bodies changing, and worn out joints, right? Yes, yes. Um, so you said two to three years ago you had this moment where it was like, okay, you've been delivered like a death sentence. Yeah. Part of it was also what's hitting me is your entire business identity run like a mother. <laughs> I know. Another mother runner. Yes, and- all running. So like it's not only you said, like, I have to worry about like Physically and like personally, how am I going to handle this? But then there's also this whole business identity side So did you like freak out a little bit on? how how am I gonna lead this like humongous community of
2: women runners? If I can't actually walk the walk or run? Yes, for sure. I really did Um, I mean that was part of the reason why I kind of kept it. I didn't keep it under wraps I mean, that's not who I am. I definitely talk about where I am Um, but I definitely had a moment of crisis, like, okay, here I am, like, you know, one of the chief mother runners, and I'm running, you know, um, six miles on a good week, <laughs> you know? So, um, but I, I do think, and once I stepped back and got some perspective and shed a lot of tears, is that, you know, we, none of us are getting any younger, and not that running isn't a lovely sport, and I want to encourage everybody, whether they are injured, no matter what age they are, if they have an interest to keep running, awesome. I want to help them do that um, but I also thought it's a nice way to show that what I do um, for a living and what my passion is is really when you break it down it's movement its daily forward movement. Um, and I've never been shy about saying that my running was more about my head than my body right it's really about my mental fitness and getting a balanced perspective on the day. And I can do that in the pool. I can do that on the bike. I can do that on a yoga mat. I can do that on a hike. Um, You know, it's not as, um, sometimes cannot feel quite as gratifying as running can, but it's definitely the same, um, different means to the same end. Totally,
1: and you know what's really crazy? I'm like on this, I'm probably doing
2: the same thing as you. Yeah, well, I know you did the Berkey Biner. I mean, I'm dying to hear about that because. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Grant, 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 and I went um, <laughs> did a skate skiing um, weekend for our anniversary. Or it was his fiftieth birthday. We went up to um, up to the mountains and did some skate skiing. And I mean, Berkey Biner has always been on my mind. Like, what was that like to learn how to ski? Okay, well, let me back up by saying,
1: okay. like, you know, I used to be a pro triathlete. Yes. So I abused my body for a living like, and, and it was applauded, like abuse your body, do it and don't worry about it because right now you just got to see how far you can go, right? Yes. So what's funny for me is that after pro triathlon, I started my company, right? Yes. So So I go from one totally consuming career right into the next. So what happens when you stop like making fitness your number one priority? It becomes like second or third or fourth. Is I would be that person who's like literally sitting in a chair, typing, 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 looking at the clock. I'm like, oh gosh, I got to go run right now, or I'm not going to get it done. Then I'd be like, okay, I'm up, I'm running, and then I would run and I think about work the whole time. Yes. And then I would run back in and sit right back down in my chair and start typing again. And you can see me. I'm like pretending to be typing right now, (laughs) Zoom video here. Um, and I just. I was like, well, if I can't do an Ironman or I'm not going to do a triathlon because it's kind of weird for a pro to like jump into the age group ranks. Cause like you might win your age group and then people are like, oh, that's not cool. She took my medal or, you know,
2: yeah, no, I can definitely see that perspective yeah. for sure.
1: And, and you know, I want to kind of like, if that's a sport I did. So you'd want to respect it. But so what I would do is go, oh, well, I'll just jump into some marathons because oh, that's what you can do <laughs> is you're like well it's not like an iron man so it's just like running for three some hours right or four or five depending right. on right exactly. yes yes And <laughs> at that point in my life it was like still kind of fast and yeah. um but i didn't respect it i would like go out and kind of get some training in, and then i'd show up at like new york marathon <laughs> like yeah as i ran into the finish because it hurts so bad but like what happened is for the next five years or 10 years, I started to potentially be creating longer term injuries for myself because I wasn't, it oh. wasn't a priority and I wasn't doing the right things before and after all of this crazy fitness. Yes. And let me tell you, even until the day I had my child, who's now seven, I still did two workouts a day. Like it was ingrained oh in me that if you didn't work out twice a day, like that's what my body expected. I mean, that was less than three times <laughs> exactly. I had backed down.
2: Yeah. Oh my God. That's so funny. And you say that, Nicole, because so I have nowhere near the athletic history that you do, but I had a very short lived shot at some, um, Olympic caliber training um i went to try to make the olympic rowing team in 1996 and um and i was only there it was in chattanooga i was only there for about 10 or 11 months but yes my body got i was super overtrained but my body somehow got used to three two to three workouts a day right um and i left there and i went to eventually ended up in new york that fall um and uh and i was still in that mentality right? Where I was like, okay, I'm going to go, I'll walk to work. I'll stop at the gym and do weights on the way home, on the way there. Then I will come back and I'll run some in Central Park and then I'll walk. back. I mean, it was just, that's just the rhythm that you're like just naturally in. And you don't realize how maybe, um, unhealthy that can be when when you get out of it. I mean, you did two workouts a day until your daughter was-
1: Yeah, like the day she was born, I think I got up and did a walk. So I, you know, I respected my pregnancy. Sure. But then I went in, she was two weeks late. And they finally went in again for like another ultrasound. They're like, guess what? You gotta come back today. We gotta get her out. Cause it's time. Two yeah. weeks late is enough. And instead of like going and getting something to eat, like they recommended, we were like, let's go to the pool. So yeah. yeah.
2: Seriously. Wow. Like
1: the, the guards were like, "Oh my God!" Like, "Oh my, I am not trained to deliver a baby on deck."
2: Like, <laughs> that's the last thing
1: I did. But here's the crazy thing: since she was born, I've probably done, and she's seven now. I've probably yeah. done two workouts a day, like five times. Like less than once a year have I done two workouts in a day, and um, you know, so it just shifted because. Yes. When things like children happen, you know, unless you have completely eliminated something else from your life, you know, you have to eliminate other things from your life or you have to get a ton of support to continue to live the way you used to.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I eliminated fitness and that mentality. And so I work out differently now. Well, yeah. So
2: tell me yeah well so tell me how you work out because that's really interesting and tell me how okay and i didn't mean to put the Berkey biner in there but that got me really oh, excited. I, want to, so. I want to that is so crazy um well like
1: what what's going on now is i can't really run as much okay because i have injuries that have turned into things that might be solvable if i spent hundred percent of my time just rehabbing but for the most part i hike up and run down Oh really? I okay. Love it. I can do long days out there as long as I'm hiking up and running down. And really? Run like
2: that, that's surprising. I would feel like um, and we don't have to get into the the details of your injuries, but I would feel like running up and that because running down always feels like that's just like a big slam on your joints and your back and all that stuff. But for it works for you, huh? Well, you just go slow and kind of you know go soft. <laughs> <laughs> go soft.
1: Okay. It's all trails, you know. Yeah. 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 just kind of creeping along um but i love it and then so i started to get into things like i grew up swimming so i the last thing i want to do is wake up at five in the morning and go hit the pool and jump into cold water so i don't really swim that much it's not calling to me right now sure road biking has changed dramatically i don't even want to go out on my road bike so i picked up mountain biking really wow all these things that like and the other thing i do is yoga I go to core power yoga. I do hard yoga and easy Uh yoga. But when I was a triathlete, I was like, oh my gosh, all these boulder moms, all they do is hike and do yoga. That's so crazy. I'll never do that. And that's what I do now.
2: (laughs) I'm a boulder mom. Never say never, right? Right.
1: So, and we've been picking up like these fun mountain adventure sports. So we picked up stand up paddle boarding for the mountain lakes in the Okay. Amazing. And um, we picked up cross country skiing yeah yeah and so when you mention
2: i how do they i think they say i just called the berkey i think it's the burka beaner oh is that oh, i always say binder but i i don't i, oh, I've, I don't, maybe i've never had anybody say it, say it to me correctly i just make it up so good call so the berkey. Let's, let's just call it the berkey it's the berkey and yeah. so
1: the berkey is this 50k 50k right? It's a long ass
2: way to go on skis.
1: On skis, like a complete out of comfort zone situation. So like running is you're on the ground, but with skis, you have these slippery things under your body. And, you know, I'm not like the most coordinated person, although I'm athletic. It's, it was, I, I was curious about your experience going out with your husband. Were you guys like on the
2: ground half the time and totally frustrated? Well, so um, so did you skate ski or did you do traditional? I skate skied. Yes. Okay. So that's harder. So, um, because it's so traditional in case you don't know Nordic skiing, it's, that's just like going back and forth. It's kind of like walking in your skis, but you can glide a lot farther. And then skate skiing is more of pushing off like your rollerblading or um, skating, you know, like skating traditionally on an ice rink. Um, And so we, I've kind of tried it a couple of times. I did this crazy race back in, um. Gosh, in New Mexico, called the Mount Taylor Quadrathlon. Have you ever heard of that? Of it. Yes, the winter one. So you go oh. up, yeah, you go basically skate, skate skiing isn't part of it, but I had to learn how to skate ski. I had to train for skiing. And so I skate, I, learned, I kind of taught myself there. And I grew up in Minnesota. So I grew up skiing, um, s- skating, rollerblading. They were, you know, rollerblades were invented in Minnesota, source of pride. Um, I had nothing to do with it. But, they were um, invented in Minnesota? Inline skates were, yeah, because of the hockey culture.
1: Oh, I thought maybe because it was so boring there. You had to oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, it was the hockey culture. That makes sense. They could skate in the in the summertime. Um, but anyway, the point being, um, so I kind of knew how to do it a little bit. Grant was brand new, um, my husband, but and so we ended up taking a lesson, which was really helpful. It's just really hard. I can't imagine how long did the, the Berkey take you?
1: Okay, so here's the thing. There's yeah. three races. Yeah. it's kind of a funny story. There's the Berkey, which is the 50K for skating. There's the uh-huh. 40, which is uh, called like the cortilopit or something. Okay. That's 29k, but I just rounded up and called it 30k. Okay. This <laughs> sounds better. And yes. then uh, some other race is 15k. Okay. So my best friend has a place in Hayward, or had one growing up. And we used to go there. And so it was always like a bucket list item for her. Right. Yeah. And um, because I'm from Chicago, so we would drive like eight hours and spend like a week at her summer cabin, their family. Um, So she called me and was like, hey, do you want to, will you come do this cross country ski race? And I was like, okay. Okay because I just wanted to do something with her. And then I looked up how long it was and I was like, Oh my God, I have to train for this thing. So, um, so we decided, you know, we got everything ready. I got myself on my skis enough. I did a bunch of training after my surfing, which we can come back to Um, (laughs) that that took first uh, priority. But, uh, and I got, I went to her house to pick her up for the airport. And this is, uh, this is the crazy part. First of all, she was a collegiate crew. She might have been, you might know her. her name, she Mindy Sick. She crewed for Harvard. And she was
2: at the 96 type year. Oh, okay. I don't know her name, but I may have just blocked it out. It was not the greatest experience of my life. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'll connect with you guys later. But um,
1: I show up at her house, and I'm putting my skis in the case with hers. And she's like, oh, by the way, I can't do the race. Oh, There's <laughs> like, no way. Hey, Wait, I'm doing your bucket list race? Yeah. (laughs) Without you in the bucket? I'm not. It's not my bucket list race. Yeah. And so the whole way to the airport, we were like, well, there's three scenarios. We could turn around, go home. Yeah. Yeah. We really want to go. We were also, she recruited a friend from New York who was coming. We're like, or we could just go to Florida. (laughs) do we have to go to wisconsin Wisconsin? and you know minnesota uh, or we could go yeah and um so we decided we would go because i had done the training and we may as well so we did the race i did the 30k okay did our sound
2: go out no i don't think so i think we're good are we okay yeah can you hear me hear me all right yeah
1: we're good we're good yeah you know what? I'm going to uh, take my video off. See, this stuff happens on pods, right? There you go. There okay. we go. I'm going to take
2: my video off because sometimes I think that can screw. Sure. I, I can take mine off too. So All wait, right. so tell me, um, so the 30K, so you, had you trained for the 50K? I trained for the 30K.
0: Oh,
1: okay. Because I just thought anytime I'd been out on my skis for more than two hours, I was like, okay, this is very hard it's gonna be really hard. And a 50K is gonna take me a really long time. Um, I did the 30K in two and a
2: half hours. That's a, that is a long time to be skate skiing, that's why, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. mad respect to you, Nicole. I mean, that is crazy. I, I don't know, I mean, because that's the one thing I will say is we fell into bed after, you know, you know, we kind of went out for maybe an hour in the morning and maybe 45 minutes in the afternoon and we felt like we'd run, you know, two marathons. <laughs> it was so exhausting. So exhausting. And the funny thing is, like, you have
1: to go in the last wave if it's your first year.
2: Oh, okay.
1: Like, people were just like wiping out in dramatic fashion, like flying through the air, like the whole time. And I was just sort of like zipping around them. And I was sort of like a menace on the course because I wasn't very good at downhills, but I'm fit. So I could go uphill. And so what would happen is, it's so crowded that every time you hit an uphill, you're basically walking because okay. everyone's just sort of like slowly going up. But I would like try to squeeze around them and do a little squeeze by, And like, I think I was almost causing some of the way <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> like, that girl in purple and the purple skirt. Exactly. <laughs> you know, I finished and I was like, wow, well, maybe I even did pretty well. Cause I had passed everyone the whole time. And then I looked and I was in like the 65th to 70th percentile in the women's. Yeah. A ton of 70 year old plus women beat me. And I was like, oh yeah, this I'm, I didn't, I'm, I'm not very good at this. I don't know if I care to become good at it, but it was such a cool experience to get out there and just be a beginner.
2: Yeah. Well, and so I have to ask you, was it hard though when you, you're like, oh, I did well. And then you turn around and you're like, oh, I'm whatever. Number 70 out of a hundred, which is not your normal athletic finishing in endurance events. So, I mean, how do you reconcile that? Or were you like, okay, whatever.
1: You know, I, I my egos doesn't, I don't have much of a ego anymore for that kind of thing. Sure. That's good. In the past, but, um, I think I was actually sort of amused. I was like, oh, (laughs) (laughs) sort of like it was funny yeah it was loopy too i mean i have put definitely pushed like there's eight stations and you try to get some food in and stuff but it's kind of hard to eat with like ski poles and ski mitts and well yeah
2: and taking those poles on and off i mean it's it's definitely a very um gear oriented slide so there's a lot of Pieces to it, like yeah. it's technique oriented, it's gear oriented. You have to know what kind of wax to put on the bottom of your skis. I mean, it's definitely and and for me, like I, I'd be interested in trying to. I would like to do that race. That's a bucket list race for me. But just to get the practice in, because I you live in Boulder, I live in Denver. Denver, we don't have any Nordic ski places. We just don't get enough snow. So it's a big commitment just to get up to practice, right? Um, yeah. So we'll see. I mean, I don't know, but it's interesting. I asked you about the um, your your perspective, you know, on your finishing time, because I, I did one race. Um, it sounds similar. It was, it wasn't as out of my comfort zone, but I did a swim run, um, last, last summer in Maine. Have you heard of those races? Was it one of the ones where you're running island to island? Yes. 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 So, um, so yeah, so it's off it was off the coast of Portland, Maine. And, um, basically you wear a wetsuit, a short wetsuit. Um, you put a pull buoy, um, on your leg. Um, You attach it with a bungee cord and then you wear paddles on your hands um, and you wear tennis shoes or your running shoes, right? So you swim with your running shoes on. And so that's why you have the pull buoy and and paddles on your hands because that weighs more. So that helps with your swimming. And then once you get on land, you just shift the pull buoy around to the outside of your legs, so it doesn't get in the way of your running and you hold your paddles. And like you said, you run on the islands, you run between the islands and you swim between Swim from island to island. And I had never been um, an ocean swimmer. I'd never, sw- I mean, I've been in the ocean, but I'm never to make like actual progress with freestyle, <laughs> you know? And um, so that was crazy hard. And there was crazy, crazy seaweed. Um, and then running, you know, on these rocks and stuff over, you know, on these islands, these uninhabited islands. I mean, it was so. Fun and I felt so alive and it was hard. It was out of my comfort zone, but you do it with a partner too, which is really fun. You have a teammate, and um, you know, I just, I, I, I mean, I've never really been super attached to my um, finishing times, and I say that with total honesty. That just isn't my thing. Like I can't remember splits. I don't know. It's just not my thing. And um, but so just to get to the finishing line and just be like, oh my god, we just did this amazing, really fun thing. Was just such a um, great. it was just a gift, you know, and made me realize that we can still have adventures and do really cool things and not have it necessarily be like, quote unquote, like the, the typical endurance sports. Right.
1: Yeah. You know, I think what you're getting at is where I have found myself is that it's not necessarily about an end result there when I can go out and do events with just the pure fun of the journey and mm-hmm. figuring out how to push myself in ways that I haven't pushed before with no expectation, mm-hmm. yet I'm still going to go hard. Yeah, like, I want the workout. I want to know I pushed. I don't want to lollygag and like finish and be like, that, I don't even deserve my dessert. Yes. Like yeah. I want to deserve my dessert still. But I think that is like, that's a natural evolution for people. You know? I mean, I don't know if it's age or maturity or just having tapped to a certain level where, you know, you might be starting to go back down the bell curve, like with however, whatever sport you were doing, that maybe it's time to experience things as a beginner and enjoy the process as a beginner without expectations and not being so uber competitive that it makes you so nervous. You don't even, you sit there and go, why am I doing this? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe you do ask yourself that anyway, because like I can imagine jumping
2: in that cold water in Maine.
1: You were like,
2: oh, <laughs> "What are yeah. those races called again?" They're, they're called um, well. So in in the United States, it's called um, swim run. In Europe, that's where they started. They're called um, Otillo, I think. O-T-O. Yes. Um, So O T. It's O T I L L O. So yeah, that's what they're called.
1: So I will tell you, I actually considered doing one of those this year
2: or maybe next year. It's still, I'm thinking about it, but I got to be able to run. But the run is short, right? Well, the run, and so that was what, we did the shorter course. My friend Katie and I did a shorter course. And so I ran, um, I mean, there was, each run was probably between two and four miles. And I feel like there was four of them. I think we ran a little over 13 to fourteen miles total. That was definitely a stretch for me. Um, You know, like that was, but it was broken up. And again, we went with no expectations, and so it was okay. You know, um, and uh, and it was it, it was some hiking in there, and we we're on trails and stuff. So I mean, I couldn't do that, um, you know, regularly. But every once in a while, it was okay. There's one now, so that was on the off the coast of Portland, Maine. There's one out in um, the Pacific Northwest, and I'm blanking on it right now. They just It's new this year. And, um, and it's more of a trail running race. Um, so they called the one in, in Maine, kind of the swimmers race. And this is more the runner's race out in in the Pacific Northwest and you're swimming in lakes. So I know that that wouldn't be probably a good choice for me. Um, so, and it's, I mean, it's, it's very fun. It's just, it's all, it's, it's a huge, like everything else that, you know, requires a huge time and money suck, you know, as far as training goes and getting there and the race registration and staying there and all that stuff. So, Sometimes you have to evaluate that based on, um, you know, what family budgets and family schedules and stuff like that.
1: Well, you know what? I And I totally agree with that. I mean, you got to pick your special things that you're yeah. going to do. And only, you know, there's certain people out there who when they want a vacation, they're going to literally go sit somewhere and drink things. Yes. But for me when I want a vacation, I have to do something active during it. So whether there's an actual event involved or it's just a lot of like adventuring, you know, that's more where my head is and where a lot of people I know live is like I want to get a little
2: more something out of this that sort of expands me. Yes, yes. I, I mean like, I I'm like the, I'm a balance, right? I like that. I definitely love like the idea of surfing or going for a trail run or a hike or something in the morning. And then, and then I could sit and drink things. <laughs> 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 you, know, I like but
1: yeah. you know, I think one of the other things we're hitting on is this idea of comfort zone. Yes. When you do something for so long in your life, I was a triathlete for well over a decade and a pro for six years. And so I just knew what to do. Like, I just, it was like, I could, it was like breathing. If I didn't swim 4,000 yards, I may as well not go to the pool Uh, and packing for a race. You just, everything's just got its place and you throw it in. But when you do something new like this, all of a sudden, at some point you realize, oh my gosh, I better look on the website. You're like, it's two days
2: before the race. What wax? Wax my skis? What? I know, what? totally. You just feel like such a, sometimes, I mean, like I looked around at all the people on the, you know, you take a ferry out to the boat and everyone had all this stuff. And I was just like, unfortunately, I mean, Katie, my partner was pretty on top of things, but it's just one of those things where you're just like, wow, it is, you are definitely back at beginner mentality. Um, one of the things though that I'd want to definitely shift to, because I mean, you talk about, you know, um, yoga and hiking and stuff. I mean, that is one thing that I've definitely had to come to peace with, um, when I'm not training for something. And that was like my last race. I don't know what I'm going to do this summer yet. If I'm going to do anything, um, is dialing back the intensity and being okay with that. And that is harder than I thought it would be. Um, you know, when I kind of took off. I decided, okay, I'm just going to take a break from running. After I got, talked to the doctor, I was like, I'm just going to take six months off because I can't, I just can't think about it anymore. I mean, I'd wasted so much mental and physical energy and looking for the next physical therapy exercise on YouTube and calling this doctor and dry needling. And it just... It just consumed me trying to get better. And I was like, not going to happen. Okay. Um, so I spent a lot of like six months, like basically on the like upright bike at the gym watching Netflix. And that was really great. <laughs> um, and I realized how kind of lovely that is um, when you, when you take the expectations off, but it's still hard because you can measure everything and you go and going back to what you were saying at the beginning, Nicole, about kind of being making this my job, right? Um, making running my job. And so if I put my splits up on Strava now, and I'm running, you know, 1130s for three miles, like, what does that look like, you know, to people? Um, so I don't know, I'm kind of talking in circles. But I mean, it's, just, oh, I it. it's one of those things that's like, I wish that I could get my ego out of it. Because I know, like, it was really nice just to just to get an hour workout in on the bike and call it good for the day. And you know, and not and not worry about, you know, what my power was or what my splits were, you know, whatever. Um, And again, I think it helps for me to make that transition, but um, I'm just curious if you've done any of that kind of mental work with your perspective.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think it's all like an evolution. And so I'm feeling like, well, there's the mental side, but then there's the physical side. Like when you don't work out as intensely, your body changes. Yes. And and then there's this, like, the you said, like, if I put my numbers up on Strava, so then there's this, like, do I really, do I need to? Do I care what people think? Is this about yeah. for other people or is this for me? And so there's that whole side, too. So you have, like, this a mental, emotional, and physical side. And, you know, for me, it's a little different because when you race as a professional athlete and then you stop, theoretically you really truly will never be as fit again in your life because you yes. aren't doing it full time. And I remember I would say to people like, Oh, I'm not in very good shape. And I said that for like five years. And I remember now looking back, what an asshole I was
2: like, <laughs> People were looking at me like, you're so freaking fit looking, but it's all relative, right? It's all relative. That's the thing, right? There's right. always a different comparison that you have in your mind. Totally. And so I just have hit a couple times in my
1: life when I just realized like, I need to slow down. And, um, and that came in the form of like, just moving all the time, yep. rushing from one thing to the next, always being late to working too much to, um, you know, working out differently. Mm-hmm. And I think we you were a little bit different because your kids are a little bit older than mine.
2: Yes, they so are your daughter, how old is she? So I have a 15 year old and a, a 12 year old. They're about to be 13 and 16. So yeah. yeah. And Wilder's seven, right? Yeah. yeah. And
1: so like you were, you know, maybe you started your, um, another mother runner after your son was born, right? Yep. Yeah. About 10 years ago. Yep. So yep. he was, um, yeah. young. And hence the funny, like toddler. <laughs> Two-year-old story. I mean, that's exactly the perfect time to start it. Yes. And for me, I had skirt sports going for eight years and then I had a baby. So like one, I ident- you know, I changed my identity again, partway through that. So it was sort of like, it's different. In, and she has been part of the catalyst of reminding me that I need to let go of some things and the yes. way I used to work and stop trying to work the way I used to work because I'll never work that way again. Yes, And then the same thing goes for my working out. So like, I don't know, I haven't um, actually had therapy for this like athletic side of me because I think, you know, my husband and I talk about this a lot because Tim was a, you know, as good of a triathlete as I was, he was better. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, no, he was definitely a force for sure. He was, he won the world championship. So it's, you know, so I was essentially sort of like the slacker or like the
2: second fiddle. You know, you were the, the co-pilot in the relationship. I totally.
1: Yeah. I yeah. Totally. I only won one Ironman and it wasn't Hawaii. He won two. <laughs> he won more than two. But, um, it's, you know, we talk about this a lot because I had a natural shift and it just happened. Yes. I was suddenly consumed by something else. It wasn't like I had to seek it and find it. It just happened to me. Yes. And so those evolution, that evolution from athlete to entrepreneur was sort of seamless and natural and I'm very fortunate, but the evolution from athlete to entrepreneur to mom was a little bit harder.
2: (laughs) Yeah, because someone else came into the pit. You weren't in control. That's not that you're in control when you're an entrepreneur, but- you are driving the ship, so to speak, right?
1: Well, yeah, literally, like when your baby comes two weeks late, like all of a sudden you're realizing on one day late that you don't control anything anymore.
2: Yeah, well, and I will say, backing up a little bit, I mean, I think pregnancy for me was a really good um, lesson overall in realizing that I wasn't in control anymore because here was this body that I was so used to being the boss of, right? I mean, I was in my 20s. I wasn't in my 20s. I was in my young, late young 30s and early 30s, I guess. And, um, you know, I hadn't had many injuries. I hadn't had any issues. It was like, if I wanted to go try and train hard for something, I could, right? And then all of a sudden, um, here I am like gaining weight, you know, left and right. And, you know, I feel I can't run anymore and I feel bloated and I can't, you know, you just don't control it anymore. You're growing a baby and you shouldn't, you know, be able to do a lot of the things because your focus should be on growing a baby, but that's a very hard transition when you're used to being an athlete. Right.
1: Absolutely. And then you add age.
2: Yes. How old were you when you had Wilder?
1: Well, I turned 40 a month after I had her. So it's basically. Okay. Sometimes I think like, I don't know if I'm more injured and my back hurts and my body's different because I had a baby or because I turned 40. (laughs)
2: <laughs> or some combination thereof maybe to the 70 30 yeah
1: yeah it doesn't yeah. really matter I mean it's just where we are
2: yeah yeah
1: so, but what is kind of cool is that my thoughts on having the most profound change a shift I've ever had in my life was when I had my child and um and it's kind of like overnight I just no longer had time for the little stuff that I used to worry about yeah just wasn't time anymore so yep. like if my stomach wasn't perfectly flat that day and i was wearing a shirt that showed a little hump oh well whereas yep. in the past you'd like scramble around for 20 minutes trying to get an outfit on that worked for you that day
2: you yep. know what i mean absolutely yep it definitely shifts your your priorities and that's in, a, in probably a, a good way right it makes you and i'm not saying you nicole i saying humanity as a whole, like less navel gazing, right? Because you've got this outward focus and you've got so many, your hands in so many other things than just, you know, yourself, right? Yes. And I mean, I think this whole conversation is about evolution. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and it's, what, what's hard is that it's easy to see now. I mean, what evolution, and I mean, this is like history, right? And I'm not any kind of philosopher, but it's so easy, it's so much easier to see evolution after you've lived through it a little bit. Right? Like it's not like today I'm like, oh, I'm evolving because I only walked the dog, right? And this is a part of my evolutionary theory. You know, this is how I'm going. Where instead I think, oh, I've only walked the dog so far, how am I gonna get a sweat session in somehow? I mean, that's that's literally what I was thinking this morning, you know, because I walked the dog for 30 minutes. That's not enough of a workout for me, right? So um, but so so seeing the bigger picture, I think, is hard when you're in the middle of it, right? Oh absolutely and it's funny because I
1: I you interview a lot of people and so do I and it I do think age and years and experience help and some people gain all the experience through really young tough stuff they go yes. through but yes. a lot of people like most people the majority of people you can't gain this perspective until you've gone through enough tough things that make you suffer and potentially break up your marriage or break your body or deal with loss of someone, you know, like all those things have to happen. And then suddenly one day you can look back and be like, wow, I've survived a lot. Yeah. This is
2: how, you know, but when you're going through it, you can't say how you're just getting through stuff. Yep. Yep. And I will say it gets easier. Right. And so, you know, probably two years ago, if I would have said, you know, I probably would have had a similar perspective. Like I need to go get a sweat session today. Today, I know, I mean, it's it's crazy. Like I know how packed my day is once we hang up. And if I don't do it, I don't do it. And it's going to be okay. I'll live to see another day, right? And my body isn't going to change dramatically from one day to the next, you know? It's going to still be there. Um, but it is it is uh, shifting that perspective and and remembering where you were and and kind of remembering where you want to go. And that's, I mean, another question I have for you is I just want to, you know, I mean, you and Tim are obviously super active parents, and, um, and I imagine that um, you'd like your daughter to, to follow in your footsteps, but what does that look like for you? Well, I think that's
1: such a good question. And I was going to ask the same thing of you. Um, and we'll, so let's kind of trade off and riff on this a little bit, but so my daughter, her name's Wilder. She is a seven year old and she, we of course want her to enjoy the things we enjoy so we can do them together. Yes. Of course, there's this really awkward stage when they're young, she's still in it. She's maybe going to come out soon where you can't actually do the activities with her and count it as a workout for yourself, which sucks. So you're like trading off your whole life so you can get a workout and you can get a workout. And then we can take her out together on this thing that doesn't really resemble a workout. So you know what I
2: mean? Yes, no, totally. The, the most, the, the closest, you, can she ride a bike? She can ride a bike. In I can I can imagine. Um, I mean, running with, with a kid on the bike is kind of the, the the best that you can do when you're thinking about a true, you know, endurance sport sure, sure. workout. But, um, but again, you just talked about, you know, working or running and, and how you're running in the mountains right now. So that's not going to work.
1: Right. Exactly. So, so we, yeah, we'd love for her to be able to maybe fulfill any athletic talents she might naturally have. And, you know, it's funny because of course she's to she got some good genes. Yes. Right? She got world champion Hawaii Ironman jeans and she got world level swimmer jeans for me. But the, you know, the truth is, I hope she doesn't become a pro triathlete (laughs) in life. Um, And it's just been kind of fun to watch her evolve yet. It's hard not to try to push her a little bit. So we're trying to figure out what that line is between forcing her to do some things and instead of just have play dates all the time.
2: Do you well, know what I mean? Yes, and you also live, I mean, it should be acknowledged, you live in a very, I mean, we both, Colorado as a rule is a very active state. Boulder is like just this swarm of super fit parents and people and there are, even if you like do your best to kind of swim against the current, the current is still there, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally, yeah. totally. And so that is that's a tough environment because and especially the expectations of oh my gosh you've got two pro triathlon parents I mean I remember I interviewed um oh Summer Sanders the Olympic swimmer and she's married to Eric somebody who was a um, Olympic skier he was like I think a freestyle skier a bump skier and um and they live in Salt Lake and again like what what are their kids going to be they've got two Olympian parents you know and that's a Question that you know you have to wrestle with and have some answers about what your guidelines are going to be for your kids, right? Is it that you get to you have to do everything? You know, I'll help you do whatever you want to do. Is it you guiding her to a cross country team? Is it you know not allowing her to quit until the season's over? I don't know. You know, I mean, it has to come from from a conversation with you and Tim, and you probably already had it. But you know, that's that's the thing is um, is honoring um, their wishes and their interests without kind of making sure you expose them to stuff, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, it's so true. And I, she doesn't understand yet, like what we did as athletes. Like she thinks that what I do is do yoga (laughs) and and wear skirts, right? Yeah. (laughs) She has no idea. Yeah. um, But I think it's starting to creep in a little. And the last thing we want is for her to feel pressured or like she's living in a shadow. Yes. And what's really kind of cool is that she's, um, well, she has no competitive drive, like zero, like she'd uh-huh. rather just cheer for everybody. And then she's like, Oh, I'm up. Okay. <laughs> um, but she got, she's into uh, she's really bendy. She must have, I think she has hypermobility. So okay. all her joints look like really weird when she extends them all okay.
0: of
2: them.
1: Not just like her fingers, which are like up by her elbow when she just straightens her fingers, but like so she's actually a pretty good gymnast at this. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. And we put her in ninja, so ninja is cool.
2: Yeah, that sounds
1: gymnastics, cool. like it's cool because you get like body awareness in gymnastics. I wasn't a gymnast, I, don't, I couldn't, you know, you could never be. No, a I was not a gymnast, <laughs> <anymore>. <laughs> but uh, but it's really traditional. Like, they're doing that, like, you know, you finish and your arm goes up and your back's all arched and you're, you know, learning all these like very traditional gymnastic skills. But in ninja, it's about flinging your body around and learning how to fall safely and flip around and swing around on stuff. And it's like fun. It's like a playground. It's like ninja games. Yeah. Warrior. So that it's fun to watch her explore stuff like that.
0: That's Um, very
1: cool. I know. But, you know, I will say that even by seven years old, it does feel when you live in a place like Boulder, that if your kid hasn't figured out or started to figure out what their specialty might be someday,
2: you're already getting behind. And isn't that screwed up? That's so screwed up. And, and I will say that that might be the prevailing mentality. But I mean, I, you know, I've, I've um, seen enough and I've talked to enough athletes and I used to do some writing for, um, oh my gosh can't remember who it was, but it was all about youth sports and everybody you talk to diversify, 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 you know, because I mean, you know, from swimming, I mean, that is a sport. Whenever I see kids that are like super intense at age 14, 15, 16, I'm like, that is a very mature kid who is like on the edge of breakout, a breakdown, breakout maybe from the chlorine too, but breakdown because of the, I mean, just the time you spend in your head. And yes, that's therapeutic and they're drawn to that sport for a reason, but that is just you know, I mean, that's a really hard way to, to live sometimes, don't you think? Or am I really bashing your, your beloved sport? I don't mean to be, but. Oh
1: my gosh. No. I mean, I was burning out many times by high school. I had burned out a couple times already, but you kind of, in, in a lot of sports, it is, you burn out young. Yes. I mean, swimming, gymnastics, gymnastics. Yeah. They're done by like eleven. I know. Totally. 11, 12. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But how about like being a mom of two kids who are so very different and one of them's drawn more to sport. I think from what I've seen, like through your social and stuff and kind of speaking you a little bit is uh, your daughter's just an insane volleyball player and my son is
2: like totally into like acting (laughs) yeah yes and that was i mean so i mean if if you i'm really tall i'm almost six four my husband's tall so we have tall children like you have you know um you're gonna have some you know great slow twitch endurance athlete children um and so amelia my daughter is uh you know started playing club volleyball in uh, seventh grade um, and then, or so playing volleyball period in seventh grade at middle school and then played kind of on a rec league. And um, I've done my best not to helicopter. I will say I'm probably, you know, a, a B minus C plus. <laughs> um, because she, you know, I, I know that I don't want to put pressure on her to um, be, you know, so she, she could potentially play in college. I mean, there's definitely a strong possibility that she can. I don't want her to think that her college choice is predicated on only volleyball, right? And that she has to earn a scholarship and go to the school that gives her the most money or goes to the school that's the best for her volleyball. Because as we all know, you know, four years later, she's got to come out into the real world. Right. Um, One thing that, I mean, so she's playing for a club right now, that's pretty um, competitive in Colorado and the owner um, said this at the beginning, like the the intro this year. And he just said, you know, all you have to do is have fun and get better. And if you can do those two things, you're going to have a great season. And I just was like, God bless you, you know, for not making it like, and we need to talk to these recruiters and get this video and make sure that you're jumping this high, just have fun and get better, you know, and they're going to get better just through practice. Right. So really it's having fun. Um, I love that. So that is kind of where I am with Amelia. And then um, my second kid who is not, he's also crazy tall. He's five ten and 12 years old. And I definitely put some ambition on him as far as thinking that he was going to finally be the kid who capitalized on her height and was really good at basketball. And um, he played when he was younger. Um, he played, you know, he's in seventh grade now. He probably played say second through sixth or something like that. Um, and, you know, I could tell he was fine with it. Like he wasn't like, Oh my God, I hate this, but it was never lighting him up. Right. It was never like, Oh, that was really fun. Or, you know, the NBA playoffs would be on and i would be like, do you want to watch Ben? And no, I, you know, just not interested, you know, never was, you know, you know, there, there's some kids in the neighborhood that are always out shooting at their basketball hoops or playing pickup or whatever. That was not him. And, uh, and so he ended up um, falling into this acting summer camp with a friend, just an invitation to to join him and um, has kind of found something that lights him up. And um, it's just been a perspective shift for me. I mean, I, we still talk about how he needs to keep moving. Like his body, he still has to use his body. He can't just, you know, um, learn his lines. (laughs) So um, I have him right now, right now. I shouldn't say I have him. He is playing water polo right now and he's loving that. It's a great, um, co-ed environment here in Colorado and or the Denver club anyway it's a co-ed team super low-key coaches um there's not a lot of water polo in Colorado as you might guess so there's not a lot of competitions so like a couple tournaments every once in a while it's perfect for him um and for me to just you know to to really realize that he gets to drive the boat as far as where his passion goes and I just have to be the person who makes sure that he has a healthy body you know that's kind of where I see my role with him. He's never going to be competitive. Like you said with Wilder, like there's some kids that are just not wired that way, right? Right. And
1: if it comes out, it's because they found something they love. That's my take. So he may
2: become really competitive in theater. And th- oh, yes. He already, is. I mean, he is. He is. <laughs> yeah. And again, and that's just, a, and, and a part of it is just familiarity, right? That is not a language I speak. I don't know the theater. I don't know what a tech rehearsal is. I mean, I'm learning that stuff. Right. And, but it's not like it's an easy in for me to get involved. And, you know, not that I need to be right there next to him, but you know, like when your kids on a soccer team, like you can be on the sidelines, you can help with coaching, you can bring the refreshments after, like there's stuff that you can do to kind of support the team. Like, I don't know how that looks right now with acting. Um, And, you know, and I just like to, to kind of, be involved with my kids, you know? So, um, I mean, obviously I've gone to the performances and that's fun and it's all good. I mean, it's all going to end up fine. It's just, again, coming from a pretty intense athletic background, shifting to a child who didn't necessarily follow the mold that I had in my head, but, but who, what kid ever does really, right?
1: <laughs> well, that's just it. It's about comfort zones again. Yes. Yes. He's pushing you out of your comfort zone. Yes.
2: And it's, and it's, that is scary, scary. I mean, scary in quotation marks. It's not scary. Like a A fire is scary, but it's definitely a learning experience, you know? If they were like, all right, let's take a
1: volunteer from the audience.
2: Come on up. You'll be the
1: lead role in Hamlet.
2: Exactly. No, I'm like, I can be an usher instead of a sideline parent, you know? Like, I can do that, you know? Um, But you know what I'm saying? It's just one of those things. So if Wilder ends up really loving debate, like, all of a sudden, that's her passion. Awesome. But, you know, it's not like... Uh, you and Tim necessarily know about a lot about what goes on there. And that might be actually the most healthy thing because then there's a nice division. You know, that's one thing about volleyball um, is I don't know really. I mean, I know how the game is played and you know what you need to do and how many points you score, but I don't know how the team's set up. I don't know. You know, when someone makes a mistake, I'm like, what, what side did the ball just land on? like sometimes when you're blocking and stuff? I mean, I just don't have that intimate knowledge. And I have to, I have to think that that's overall a healthy thing, like where if she was a rower or I mean, if she was a rower, um, that would be, I would know a lot more about, you know, what her stats were and that kind of thing, you know, where now I'm like, okay, was that good or bad? Okay, good. Great. You know, that's a nice perspective to have. Well, it's fun to
1: be on the support side of things too. Yes. Like, you know, we've spent our lives driving the ship, like you said. Yeah. You know, I feel like we're talking a lot right now about exploration and and a question just really hit me, which was, I'll I'll preface it by saying like, what if Serena Williams was never given, and Venus, never given a tennis racket? Like, what if Tiger Woods never swung a golf club? Like, what if Summer Sanders was never dumped in a pool? Yeah. How would they have ever found the thing that they were created to do? Like, I feel like I look at those iconic people and I'm like, that's what they were put on this earth to do. Mm-hmm. So I, as you were talking, I was thinking to myself, I wonder if you, Dimity, if you feel like you have found the thing that you were created to do. Huh.
2: That's a good question. Um, I mean, I do think part of a big passion of mine has always been, um, motivating people right i wasn't kidding when i said like i love you know i don't really care about my splits like if we got a silver medal in rowing i was like perfect you know someone else won they feel good (laughs) i feel fine you know um and so i do i love the teamwork i love um kind of motivating people so i feel like you know amr and um the programs that we do and stuff is kind of my sweet spot um it's just not quite as um siloed as like oh triathlon or you know or acting or whatever you know it's a little bit more nebulous than that um yeah, what but, about you well think about this though
1: and well I, I, I gotta turn it on myself too in a sec but like okay. um you're motivated like I believe that that is that's what you were meant to do like I look back I was thinking about how we met you know, I couldn't quite put my finger on it. I know. I don't,
2: I, I feel like, um, yeah, I'm not showing, sure I mean, I feel like I might've been in a trade show, was it? or? I no? think
1: that we had some early interactions um, when you were writing for magazines. Okay. And one of the, this was 2007 or 2006. Okay. You were training for a marathon and you said, I'm going to let my customers choose the outfit. Oh I yeah, got. that's right. <laughs> and you... Put this we had this insane super short dress we were like the first company to create the running skirt you know that but like yeah we also then followed up very quickly with this running dress that was like slinky silk fabric and had like a absolutely no support built-in bra. And it was just really cute though. And it was sort of like a little black dress for runners. Oh my gosh. And you put it in this pole, I think for runner's world. Yeah, it it was like, what should I wear? And of course, everyone picked that. And of course, on a six foot four, you.
2: And I think it was like New York marathon or a big it mar- was It was a Nike women's marathon. I wore it. Yeah. I loved it. That's such a good memory. I totally, I loved that dress. I wish I still, ha- I wish I would have kept it. I, I must've recycled it at some point. Well, I've got, I don't know. I've got buckets of stuff. So
1: someday, <laughs> someday there'll be a big like warehouse sale in my garage. But, um, but what I, what made me think about that was, You may not have realized when you were a writer that you were already motivating and you were already building community um, just as a byproduct of doing this other thing you loved. And so the fact that now you've like stepped into owning that to me says you, you've come full circle. Like you really have found it. And yes, maybe it's nebulous to say like motivating people, but you're also a non-traditional motivator. You weren't, a Summer Sanders and Serena Williams. Like, no, that's
2: the you know, thing, right? Yeah.
1: That kind of athlete. And so you're also maybe a pioneer in a sense because you are leading the wave of like the every person being able to step in and take that kind of leadership
2: role. So I think it's freaking amazing. And I love that you said that's what you were made to do. Oh, that's very sweet. And Nicole, the way that you just put it, um, you know, kind of gives me the chills and makes me feel really, um, special. So thank you. I mean, that really, I, I, I really appreciate those kind words.
1: Well, I mean, we'll go a little more on you. Look at this. I'm going to keep, I can write your bio. I'll be your agent. (laughs) But like you start then, okay, I'm called to write a book and your book is freaking amazing. And then it's like, I gotta write another one and another one. And so you're writing these books that are continuing to like feed the funnel and bring women together. And then now you've got groups of women who aren't just connecting over the written word they're like connecting both virtually and they're meeting up all over the place and
2: coming together through what you created Mm
1: -hmm. how
2: cool is that that is very i mean it's very cool and it's and it's especially again talking about perspective and the whole evolution having someone else say it back to me because sometimes when you're the thick of it it's hard to remember what you do, <laughs> you know, because you're so used to just like crossing things off. So thank you. I mean, then, you know, what is really interesting about you just, when you say, yeah, I'm going to write a book and then I'm going to write another book is that those books, like they are a hundred percent Sarah and I, like, it wasn't like I was like, okay, I, I really want to write a book about running. You know, it was more like, I want to get our perspective. I just want to put my perspective on paper, you know, and that, you know, so, I mean, I guess what I want to say is that Yes, it's been a ton of work. Like, I, you know, there's a lot of long hours sometimes, and it's not glamorous most of the time, but it's very much um, us and me and my passion and, you know, authentic. You know, it's not like I'm, you know, putting a filter on it, an Instagram filter on it, and then writing the book, right? It's very, yeah. so that, so that makes it, a little bit easier and um, and more gratifying I think
1: so with the programs you have too, right now you've got you've got two newer programs to so talk about evolving
2: like you yeah yeah I mean so I mean many happy miles is, is the big one that um, we're kind of pushing this year it's our first annual membership and um, what we did with that I mean it's a little bit of an evolution of, of what we talked about at the beginning of this podcast is me not being a competitive runner anymore and wanting to keep that motivation going and stay strong. I mean, I will say strength work is, you know, is the gold nugget. It is the thing that um, helps with your body composition, helps with injury prevention, helps you, you know, just everything. I, I, I do think that um, we need to definitely prioritize that as we get older. Um, and so making sure like creating a program that would prioritize that, give them, give women workouts. So basically they get a monthly workout they get a monthly strength circuit, they get a monthly challenge. Like this month, it's um, dividing four one hour tasks that you've been putting off into 15 minute segments, like do one a week, you know, because sometimes we feel like, oh, I only have, you know, I don't have two hours to dive into this. Well, okay, but give it 15 minutes, get started, right? Um, so just kind of stuff like that. That's just kind of fun because it's, that's good for, know sharing and gets people motivated so that's um one program that we're doing and then the train like a mother club you've kind of already alluded to but it's definitely trying to bring all the aspects of teamwork and being on a team that are so enjoyable and sharing goals um and getting people across finish lines everything from a 5k up to now we we have an iron man nicole if you want to jump back in and you know (laughs) inspire anybody (laughs) Mm, i think i'll cheer Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. I know. And I'm a good cheerleader too. That's that's one of the things that I do. What about you? So, I mean, first of all, I just want to hear what, you're, what you feel like you were put here to do. And then I also want to hear about your programs that you're um, focusing on this year at Skir Sports. We may
1: as well do a little bit more shameless promoting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I um I think so far in my life, all these experiences I've had from being a pro athlete, to being an entrepreneur, coming full circle. Um, I feel similar to your purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, maybe I was put here to help bring people together. Yep. I think um, so. To help people feel less alone. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe to be a bit of a conduit to help share other people's stories. That's how I feel. I feel most, alive and most happy when I'm surrounded by people who are putting off positive energy. Yes. Yeah. And that's like, at the end of the day, like when you really go, what do I want? Well, think back on the times when you feel most alive and most happy and like, just write them all down and see what comes up. And I mean, I'm an extrovert. I am. I know that. But I'm now becoming more of a tired extrovert. <laughs> you now an extrovert is someone who like gains all this energy from being around people, which I do. And I used to come home from things and like stay up. I could not fall asleep and all I want to do is talk about it. But I'm getting to the point where I come home and I'm like, wow, I'm really tired.
2: Yeah. Yeah. When which is,
1: down. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Which is good. I mean, that's just that's more evolution, right? can still kind of thrive on the energy, but then you can also take care of yourself by getting more sleep.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I've had to fight my own demons. Um, I'm not sure if you know this, but I had a long history of dealing with alcohol abuse, and I finally shut that down about 10 years ago. And I spoke about it on stage for the first time um, last year, and it was a little more freeing, it, like I was, it was actually impacted me more than I thought when I put it out there, like in a
2: little more public forum. Yeah, yeah no, you mentioned it at the at the swim, at the bathing suit introduction, yeah. you mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I had not heard that. And so I applaud you for um, being real about it. And uh, cause it's not, you know, it's very common and it's not easy to talk about.
1: It isn't, but you know what it does is it just, it re, it reaffirmed the fact that in order to be someone who helps people feel less alone, who brings people together, you really do have to be accepting of yourself with all your flaws and willing to put it out there, at least in some form and not hide things, you know, you don't have to share every dark detail, but like, as long as you're just being who you are and you're not hiding it's just such a much better open world and people feel that and i think that's why people are
2: drawn to you too and sarah i mean yeah. created well thank you well and you also i mean the and i know uh, you know obviously you're one of your conduits is your awesome company and i love how inclusive you make your designs from your swimsuits all the way up. I mean, what size, what's your size run? Okay. So skirt sports
1: is amazing. We launched in 2005. I mean, I, I wore a prototype of the first ever running skirt in the only Ironman I won in 2004. So it was like, boom, like something massive is happening here. And, um, it's funny because it didn't used to be quite as inclusive, but I have really been progressive with, listening to customers and wanting to include people my biggest fear is when people look at something i do and feel like it they they don't fit in and it makes me it doesn't relate to them yeah no and i want to work harder to make i don't want to be everything to everyone but i want to be as much as i can Um, so today we're almost 15 years into the business and our sizing runs from extra small to 3x. We actually just launched an official, what some may say, a plus size category. We call it just for women who wear sizes 1x, 2x, and 3x, because we don't really want to categorize. But um, So we have a lot of sizes. We do all kinds of sports. And We have, you know, the biggest thing is that we want women to feel comfortable, but we also, we want them to feel like they don't have to leave a part of themselves
2: behind when they go out to work out. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. What does that mean?
1: Well, it goes all the way back to when I was running down the street in Lyons, Colorado in 2003, and I saw my reflection and I, I just felt like I look like a boy. And I'm in all men's black clothing and this little beanie that fits my head like a peanut, and I just (laughs) here is this woman that I feel like I should be, and when I see myself, I don't see her, and it makes me uninspired. And that was like what it all came back to, was this like I just want to feel inspired, and I don't want to feel like I leave the feminine side of myself at home when I go to work out. That's kind of how it started, and. You know, for a while there, I I was like, should I play up the fact that I wanted to like feel pretty, or is that too much ego, or does that feel weird in today's environment? But that's just what it was. Yeah, I love it. I love it. There's no like, I can't I can't lie. So um, so what it means is like we just want to create clothing that you feel good wearing. Yeah. So some things are super technical and they're for like running ultras, and they've got. A pockets built in that, that hold water flasks and seven pockets and, you know, shorties that cover the hump on your thighs. So you're not going to chafe and trap doors. Remember the gotta go skirt. Oh
2: I do remember <laughs> like, that.
1: Really cool stuff. And so everything new we create, we just, we really, we talk to customers. Uh, one of the big things I wanted to mention is that we've got this incredible ambassador program. Everyone's got ambassador programs. Ours is truly special. It's truly a family. We've got over a thousand women right now in our ambassador program around the country, and we want more because, it, the yes, there's power in... It, some people may say, like, as you get too big, you lose the specialness of something. I'm sure you have felt those growing pains, but I don't think so. I think yeah. you make something what you want it to be for yourself. And Absolutely. You the part of it that suits you. And um, so... Our, my whole mission on finding ambassadors isn't about, do you like our products? If you do apply, it's about, do you have a passion for fitness? And do you have a passion for helping other women find that passion? And if, if the answer is yes, then apply. It's free. You know, and you get deals and discounts and sometimes free stuff. So it's like there's that fun product side benefit, but really it's about bringing women together. And it's like
2: incredibly motivating. I agree. I agree. We launched our first ambassador program um, last year, actually. And um, it's been really, really fun to watch it grow and, and people interact. And uh, there's a lot of uh, overlap um, between the skirt sports ambassadors and what we call our BAM ambassadors. So um, yes, I know. And the cross pollination yeah. is good and important. Yeah, but
1: yeah, so that's a big thing for me. And you know, the other thing is we do have to keep evolving, like we said. And we know, I know, I know. absolutely. So, you know, for me, I have uh, also moved into the nonprofit world, and this is really cool, Dimity, because you are part of our very first ever 2010
2: kickstart program. Do you remember that? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I remember that. Well, I wrote about it for Runners World. I wrote yeah, a feature wrote about it. World. I do remember I that very well. And I remember, I still remember my Pip was my athlete. Um, she, she moved to Australia and she's back, I think. She is. She, she's from Australia. Yeah. But she, um, she, she yeah, she's a, uh, it, it's a very, it, it's a very, very powerful program. Well, um, what
1: happened is over all these years, three years ago, we decided to turn it into a real nonprofit so we could grow it and oh, get okay. resources. So it's one of my big projects. And this year we have 80 women doing the program.
2: That's great. Remind me,
1: is it it still called Kickstart? No, we changed the name to Running Start. Okay. It's incredible. So like we, you know, yeah, it takes more of my energy, but is it aligned with who I am? Yes. That's the question. So like anyone who's listening, you're like, oh my gosh, I have 7,000 things going on at once. I don't even know where to look. I'm starting to lose it. Think about who you are. Think about your values. Are think about the times you felt most alive. Like, get your kind of get your ducks in a row and figure out those few core values that you want everything to connect to. And if they
2: don't, see you later. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and it's funny. There's one. Um, can end with this. I I have uh, one of my new routines. Instead of getting up um, and you know going out and running eight miles, um, is uh, trying to meditate more regularly. I'm off and on, but I'm, I'm getting better. But the um, I do the headspace one and I'm doing a little uh, course, a small course or whatever on prioritization. And one of the things that he talks about is, um, okay, if this were your last day and then not in a morbid way and not like, oh, I'm going to just, you know, junk it all and go, you know, eat smash burger and, you know, <laughs> hang out with my friends or whatever, you know, but, but, you know, if this were truly, you know, you know, one day you had, what would you do? What would you do? You know, and what what, what would be, what would bring most meaning to your life? What tasks would bring most meaning to your life? And I thought that that's a nice way to look at it. I mean, of course, we're still going to have to pay the bills and work on the backside of websites and all that stuff and stuff that maybe isn't your passion. But um, that's a fun way, I think, to kind of find your way into what, what could call to you if you're not feeling like you have that right now.
1: Well, and I think relationships at the end of the day is where it all goes.
0: Yep. Absolutely. And, you know,
1: I know we have to hang up at some point here, but I would. <laughs> I know we could talk all day long. I know. I, you know, I grapple with this myself and I wondered if you do, but you have this massive community you've created and probably uh, thousands of people that you call friends. But like, do you have like a lot of real close friends? Or at the end of the day, like, what does that look like for you?
2: Yeah. I mean, that's an interesting, because there's so many people I care about and so many people's stories. I don't necessarily know everybody's story, but I know, you know, Pam is running a marathon this weekend and Cindy's running one next weekend or somebody's taking on their first triathlon. And, you know, but if I passed them on the street, I wouldn't know them because they don't look like their Facebook picture. right? Right. So, um, so you know, I definitely consider them my friends and they're definitely in my thoughts and in my heart. Um, but I also feel like I, um, need to make sure that I have, you know, local friends, because as we all know, there's a difference between being face to face and being behind a keyboard. Um, and so a lot of my local friends, um, I mean, I have a couple in the neighborhood here and, uh, you know, they're not necessarily running people or even really sports people, but they're people I connect with on another way. I used to have, you know, a running group here, but that just that dissolved even before I stopped running seriously. Um, it's it's also an evolution, right? I mean, what about you? Do you have um, a lot of local girlfriends?
1: Well, that's just it. Like, I have so many people that I actually feel like I love. I'm like, oh, I love her. Yes. I just love her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so many women, and I do have a few women who are very close, like true, like I would call them if I was in duress, but, um, but I feel like I'm just constantly lifted by a greater community. And I, I'm just, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad that at the end of the day, like when I come home
2: and I'm like, who could I hang out with? Sometimes I like draw a blank. Like, yeah. I not know. Yeah, well, and I also think that that's the nature of our society today, though, too, Nicole. I don't think it's just because you have a, you know, a community-oriented business. I think, um, you know, we're all really busy, and then we also have this social media thing that connects us but doesn't connect us, Yeah, that's um, true. you know? And so, um, I mean, I, you know, I would encourage you and everybody else, I mean, I know you have a hiking, don't you have a hiking group or women you hike with? No. Oh, I thought you did, I'm sorry. Um, so you need to find a, a group of women you can hike with. <laughs> um, you know, and just I don't know, just every once in a while, or you know, having something regular like that where you just have a check in with, and, it, and it, I think it is sometimes helpful to have, um, you know, people that aren't necessarily in this, you know, in this mother runner skirt sports endurance world, right? Um, like my good friend Corey, who lives near me, um, you know, she just doesn't exercise you know we but the way that we connect is we walk our dogs together and it's nice to have a um a a, um sounding board that isn't so you know it's more objective right totally I I
1: agree and like my best friend Mindy who didn't do the Berkey yeah I was about to say yeah (laughs) yeah and at the end of the day I'll just call you
2: yeah well and you know so and this is maybe a little too intense, but one, we had a retreat in Rancho La Puerta, um, a couple, well, it was in February. So it was a couple months ago now. Um, and there were two women on our, um, that came and they went to college together. And now one lives in LA and the other one lives on the East coast. And every Sunday they go for a run, they call each other and they talk through the whole run. I'm like, Oh my God, how can you do that? But that is, that, was like, I actually want to do a little blog about it. Cause I just love how, um, connected that makes them and how much of an effort they've made to, to do that. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's so amazing. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, so I'm just saying with Mindy or something like that, it may not be somebody, you know, may not be someone in your neighborhood, but again, just keeping up those like real life connections, I think is really important.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. Oh my gosh. I don't want to go. Do we have to go? I know, I know. I think we do, though. I have to say my swimsuit performed really well for the podcast. <laughs> okay, good, good. Right, so it's called the Deep End One Piece. Get over to skirtsports.com.
2: Yeah. No, I, I got to wear that one. That-, that was the one that I got to-, to model, and um, it was very comfortable, and it made me feel very comfortable. And like I said, I had to like you said, I stripped in front of people and like, that is not my personality. So for me to be able to do that in a swimsuit that I knew wouldn't, you know, ride up my ass or, you know, have a boot hanging out or something like that was, was a good place to be. So. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was so
1: fun. You are- so awesome. I can't wait to have you come back and play with us some more.
2: Yeah, no, definitely. Well, we'll hike together in person soon, Nicole. And in the meantime, have a great um, weekend and a great day. And thanks everybody for listening to the end. If you're still listening. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, they are. They want
0: more.
1: All right. Um, awesome. And you guys head over to the show notes because we'll put something in there for, to follow up with y'all, whether it's a deal or some links or whatever.
2: Sounds good. Cool. Thanks, Nicole. Great Thank to talk to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye.